Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. Brought to you by Blue Sky Business Consulting. We discuss five questions in about 15 minutes. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast. Always excited to have you joining us every week to learn more about leadership and teams. And I'm excited to welcome our guest today. This is Kiara Byrne, and she is from Las Vegas, Nevada, and the co-founder and CEO of Green Our Planet. Kara, thank you so much for taking time to be with us on the podcast today. What would you like the audience to know about Green Our Planet? Well, thank you, Sean. Delighted to be here. And I would love people to know that we have a lot of fun at Green Our Planet, bringing the largest school garden and hydroponics program in the country to students in 44 states. So right now we work with 850 schools and over a quarter of a million students. And essentially we are training teachers to be able to use school gardens and hydroponics laboratories to teach students STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math in a really fun, engaging way. And in addition, of course, because students are growing food, we want to improve their nutritional decisions. And the final piece, which is probably the most exciting thing for the students, is they write business plans for their gardens and hydroponics labs and then run farmers markets at their schools. But also we have giant student farmers markets. And the next one is here in Las Vegas in Clark County on October 25th. Oh, fantastic. Well, we're glad that you're able to do all of those things. I think it's remarkable what you're doing. Obviously, we talked just a little bit before we started the recording, but uh, that's fantastic. So well done. All right. Well, let's jump right to our questions then. Kiara, as you've been building this organization, this nonprofit organization, is there a challenge that you've overcome that you're especially proud of? Yes, we had a very challenging time, as did most nonprofits during COVID. So understandably, we were at that point a local nonprofit, and we were working in 200 schools here in Clark County, that's across Las Vegas. And essentially, our team was going in, you know, taking care of the gardens, the farmers, and then we had uh, nutritional um, chefs cooking food from the gardens with the kids, and our hydroponics team, and so on and so forth. And of course, the schools closed. (laughs) And with that, you know, we had a challenge to reinvent ourselves so that we could support teachers during what was a very challenging time. And of course, at the same time, because so many people like here in Las Vegas, a quarter of a million people lost their jobs in one day in March as a result of layoffs from the casinos. And so, of course, that led to an awful lot of hardship. And understandably, many of our supporters started pushing money um, into, you know, housing and food and all the things that are so important for families to be able to survive. So that was a really big challenge for us. And how did we overcome that, you might ask? Well, we had a very, very interesting meeting and it was, I wanna say it was March 17th. I think it was St. Patrick's Day, if I'm not mistaken. We brought all our staff together and we said, okay, we can furlough, lots of companies were furloughing. We can furlough because what are we going to do? We're, we're working in schools or we can reinvent ourselves so that we can support teachers and students during this challenging time. We had 36 team members and every single one of them voted to figure out how we could support teachers and students. And so we did. And we have, as a result, morphed into an ed tech company. Everything we do now is online. So we mail out our 20 hydroponic systems to every school that we work with. We train teachers online how to use them. All of our curriculum, our videos, our resources are in our Magic Garden portal, which is a learning management platform. And so we have, in essence, since 2020, become an ed tech company and the largest school garden hydroponics company in the country, which shows you in challenges, there are opportunities. 
I love that. I love that you pulled the team together and everybody said, let's figure this out. I yeah. love that because that to me, that's the real core message of what you just shared is that in those, and you said it at the very end as well, in those times of opera, of, of uh, challenge, there are some opportunities. You just kind of have to discover them. But I yeah. love that. I love that approach. All right. Question number two. And I, and I think that the previous answer is going to lead very nicely into this next question. But how, as a leader, how can you help foster an environment of creativity? Okay. Well, the thing about me and our co-founder, Kim McQuarrie, is we're filmmakers by background. So we come from an extraordinarily creative industry and we are both very creative people, which, by the way, is is positive and negative. (laughs) The positives is in times of challenging times, there are a lot of ideas flowing. And so... Essentially, we said to our teams, well, let's look at the assets that we have as a team. Let's find out what teachers and students need and let's see what we can do for them, if that makes sense. And so when we looked at our assets as a team, what was very unusual about us as a nonprofit was we had a small filmmaking department because Kim and I come from filmmaking backgrounds. And we had spent over 20 years working for Discovery Channel and PBS and BBC, making films all over the world. I run a company called Lion Television for many years, and we made 60 to 80 hours of TV every year for uh, U.S. channels. And so, you know, and our team knew this and we'd been making films as we were going along as a company. But we all agreed that we could start making films, sharing them with teachers, and then they could use them online because they were obviously you know teaching kids online and it worked out brilliantly and like who knew that our farmers could turn their phones on themselves teach a garden lesson while gardening and you know they were so good on camera and the same with our nutrition chefs and the same with our hydroponics team so our nutrition chefs turned their kitchens into studios they were cooking up a storm with foods from the gardens and sharing that with the with the students and and so it worked out great and it it goes back again to my first point it's all about the team i mean we could have had all the ideas we wanted and we had many but if the team didn't want to participate or didn't want to change their jobs wouldn't have worked. So we have a an extraordinarily talented, uh, innovative, and a team that reaches for the stars. So. Oh, I love that. Great. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Question number three, uh, similarly, but how can leaders help the team members or the employees to trust each other? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I believe that if you trust the people, they will become trustworthy. So, you know, um, You need to, and you know, it's hard sometimes, you know, when you're bringing in a lot of money and when you have sponsors who are trusting you with a million and more dollars and you know that you need to deliver certain things to them and you bring on new people and you don't know them that well, but you know, you just have to, what we do is we set what we call rocks. So some teams call them OKRs, KPIs. We call them rocks because we're on a system called the Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS. And so every 90 days, every single person on our team has rocks. So this is super clear, smart goals, right? They're measurable goals, they're attainable goals, and they have a deadline to them. And so every team member has that. And every 90 days, we all report in. Yes, we achieved our rocks or no, we didn't. And if we didn't, why? So what you see happening is you trust team members. And then if they start dropping their rocks, then you start to ask questions. But I start from a place of trust as opposed to from a place of, oh my God, are they going to be, are they going to do it? 
because I also am the opposite to a micromanager for better or worse, honestly. Um, you know, I'm not a details oriented person. I'm a super creative, innovative leader, you know, which again is positive, but it also has its drawbacks. Um, and so I think, yeah, I start with trust. And then if people don't deliver on the rocks, well, then you ask questions. Oh, that's great. Yeah, great tips. There's several things in there that you mentioned that I think were really helpful. So good information. All right. Question number four. Uh, now, I'm sure that in the in the past, there's been either a situation or a challenge that uh, maybe didn't go quite as well and might be perceived as a failure. But can you share a time when you changed a perceived failure into a win? Um, when I uh, perceived failure into a win, well, I mean, I think the biggest one was definitely losing over half of our funding in COVID and then becoming an ed tech company. I mean, that's our biggest failure. You know, we, you know, we diminished half of our budget in a year and then we grew over the last three years to, gosh, at least four times of our budget because of the changes that we made. So that's probably the biggest one. Um, what other perceived failures? Well, you know, I did, I have in the past hired the wrong companies to do things and created a mess or they created a mess and then I had to clean it up. And one of those was we hired a, a development company to help us with an app and um, that didn't work out very well. But then thanks to some ingenious team members, we were able to turn that around. So, you know, I've made loads of mistakes. And by the way, I don't always turn them into wins. <laughs> uh so sometimes we do yeah but yeah I mean you just have to be honest with yourself and, and I think any leader if you're making we have this rule at Greener Planet if you do the right things 80% of the time it's going to be great 20% of the time especially in our company we're moving at warp speed you know we doubled in size last year we're doubling in size this year we're doubling in size next year because we perceive a great need for our programming across the country. And so if you're going to do that, we all acknowledge there will be failures, there'll be mistakes, there'll be balls dropped. Quickly acknowledge them, figure it out, solve it and move on. So I think I think you don't wanna have team members worried about failing. Oh my God, I wanna hide that from my boss. No. Well, there's I love that because there's a there's a confidence that we build up when we do have what might be called that perceived failure, but we we have that confidence going into something. And just as you said, even if there is a perceived failure, we know we can accomplish it. We know that we can get past it. We can figure out a solution, get around it, whatever it takes. And that to me is a sign of good leadership and good resilience when the leader can help inspire that confidence that, hey, we might make a mistake here along the way, but we're also going to know how to fix it. And we will yeah. figure it and out. And we will make mistakes. You know, yeah. I actually... Yeah, I have a training where I say, okay, let's all acknowledge we're going to make mistakes. I am making mistakes. I make mistakes every day. Sure. And so how do we solve for that? And yeah. so we talk about that. We talk about the difference between systemic problems and one-off mistakes, right? So you have systemic problems that are really chronic problems that are there all the time that are not being taken care of. And then you have one-off mistakes and they're very different. And so we talk about them with the team. And again, we talk about solutions and how you solve for both of those things. Love that, very good, all right. Last question, tell us a little bit about your first job. Uh, in America or in life? 
<laughs> Whichever one you choose or both for that matter. Okay. Well, let me tell you about my first one in America because it's kind of funny. So I arrived in America by myself in 1993. I immigrated from Dublin, Ireland. And I had a dream to become a documentary filmmaker. And you already know the answer to that story because it happened and how lucky am I? However, uh, my very first job in America was at a restaurant called Rio Grande in Arlington, Virginia. And coming from Ireland, where there were no Mexican restaurants, I didn't know anything about Mexican food. And so I was talking to customers about fajitas and jalpenos and uh, tortillas and all the things and all the other service thought that was hilarious. So needless to say, within a few months, I got fired. But um, yeah, that was that was my first job in America. Um, and then my first job in life in general uh, was at a hotel called the Spa Hotel in Lucan in Dublin, Ireland. And I was 15 and I was learning German and French in school. And I was a sort of a coordinator for tour groups who came in from Germany and France because I could speak French and German. So, Well, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing those stories. That is fantastic. And uh, I, I love the fact that there was a, an Irish young lady with that Irish accent that I personally think is adorable. And uh, but in a Mexican restaurant, I just think yeah. that's fantastic. So very multicultural. <laughs> so, well, Kiara, thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast today. How can people find you? Yeah, so we would love to hear from people and share our programming with them. Uh, you can find us at www.greenourourplanet.org. And if you're in Las Vegas, please do come to the farmers market at the Clark County Government Center on October 25th. There'll be over 400 kids selling fruits and veggies from their gardens and hydroponic systems. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Again, appreciate your time. And thanks to everybody for tuning in and watching or listening. And we look forward to seeing or viewing again next week. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. We also invite you to follow or subscribe to our podcast wherever you may be listening or watching. Is your business thriving? Go to tbs-score.com to find out. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day.